Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. Back in the day when he was in a band, Kevin Godby's stage name was Ready Rubbed. Now I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I'm your host, Brian Levine, coming to you from the recording studio built here at my home, just outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. And in tonight's show, in Pipe Parts, we uh, I'll do a trip report from the West Coast Pipe Show for you. And then my guest tonight is... Uh, the Olive Wood Piper, Carl Petrozelli, who makes Olive Wood Pipes. We get to hang out with him. Uh, music mailbag and a uh, <laughs> and an app-based, app-based, try that fast, app-based rant. All that coming up on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh, and uh, here in the Carolinas, well, guess what? It is officially now just uh, Virginia Perique season. Yeah, it's gotten, uh, we've, we've made the turn for winter, and it's gotten cold. Leaves are finally dropping. Uh, it's the middle of November, and the leaves are finally dropping. So that means that uh, it's time for me to put away all the straight Virginias and yeah, just wait until it warms up again. Or if I happen to get to the warm weather climbs during this winter, well, then I maybe might bring some with me then. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's time for me to seasonally adjust. So, uh, medium Virginia Periques during the day, and then maybe a full-bodied one at night. Uh, more on that coming up. Uh, and don't forget, if you haven't had a chance, please go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever they're calling that and leave us a rating or a review. If you're on uh, Stitcher, please do that as well. It really does help the show. And uh, share the Pipes Magazine radio show through your groups. You can find postings about it on Facebook. Uh, the Pipes Magazine radio show has its own page on Facebook. So if you're on Facebook, follow that. Or if you're on Instagram and Facebook, follow me. Yeah, just find me, search me by my name. All right, let's get the show rolling. So everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in. And here we go. This is Kevin Godby from PipesMagazine.com with some good news. Our favorite Dunhill tobaccos, early morning pipe and nightcap are two of my favorites, are now back under the Peterson brand name. These are not match blends where another maker tried to reverse engineer their blend to make something that's close to the original. These are the exact recipes and tobaccos being made in the same factory, STG in Denmark, where they've been making the Dunhill tobaccos for almost 10 years. They had about a year and a half, two year hiatus, and now they're back, still being made the same way, but now under the Peterson name. Check with your favorite retail tobacconist for early morning pipe, nightcap, royal yacht, mixture 965, Elizabethan mixture, deluxe navy rolls, flake, dark flake, and standard mixture, now under the Peterson name. Yep, still good. And we are back, and there was old Ready Rubbed himself. Um, all right, so the West Coast Pipe Show, my uh, trip version. Um, so the the flight out there on Friday began. Yeah, it was it was fine, as expected with American Airlines. We got there, we got there in one piece. Bags got there, no problem. We met uh, Mike and Mary McNeil at the airport, and we all shared a cab over to the Palace Station, where the Palace Station proceeded to screw up my reservation. Uh, long story short, um, apparently smoking rooms are first come, first serve, and by the time we got there to check in at 7 o'clock at night local time, they didn't have any left, so we stayed in one room one night. And apparently on that hallway, which was a non-smoking floor, smoking marijuana was not a problem because the whole hall smelled like it. Um, anyway, they moved us and they gave us a little bit of a credit towards our room for the next day. So long story short, you know, hotels. Yes, I know how they work. <laughs> um, 
they don't know how to reserve rooms. So there you go. Somebody got my room and wasn't intended for it. Anyway, we uh, so we spent four nights in a smoking room one night in a non-smoking room that smelled like marijuana. Um, the next, so that night, uh, this year at the pipe show, what they did was they opened up a portion upstairs near the convention or near the uh, meeting room or banquet room, whatever you want to call it. Uh, they opened up a portion of what was the old buffet that had plenty of tables and booths and chairs and comfortable spot to sit. And that was our pipe show gathering spot. They had a bar in there on uh, Saturday and most of Sunday, so it was perfectly fine. It was a little bit further walk uh, from the pipe show floor to the smoking room, but still it was really nice and convenient. And the nice part about having it open Friday night was we didn't have to be down in the casino and having all these people looking at us wondering what we were doing. And it was easier for people to put their pipes out and show them. So really well done. Uh, the show opened Saturday morning and I got down there kind of early and I didn't have much of a setup, but I set up anyway and I wandered around and Lo and behold, thanks to my friend Mike McNeil, we found uh, two tins of Escudo with the old white painted lid uh, for a price that was, <laughs> I couldn't pass it up. So uh, yeah, started off the show with two tins of Escudo before the day had started. Um, so my table itself, I didn't have much on the table. I just had some uh, some of the radio show stuff and some of my travel stuff. And I shared the table with Ryan Alden. To my left was Alex Hasty, and to the right of Ryan was Ernie Markle and Adam Davidson. So I had a lot of eye candy to look at while sitting at my table, and it was uh, really tough to, uh, you know, to restrain. Uh, my own personal rule, you know, I try to only buy estate pipes. Uh, there was a lot of estate pipes this year. L let me give you the overall of the show first. Um, Seemed like there might have been uh, two or three more tables than there were last year. But the show opened and there were people on the show floor all day long on the floor the whole time wandering around. And the, I mean, it just flew by. It literally flew by to the point where I finally snuck down to get a little bit of lunch at two o'clock. Uh, which if you're at the Palace Station, salute tacos downstairs, three bucks a taco, and they are really good. Um, all right, so the activity was good. Lots of friends, lots of people that uh, listen to the radio show. Thank you all for coming up and saying hi. I really do appreciate that. Too many here to mention. Uh, but Saturday, 5 o'clock, the show closed, and all I had bought so far was two tins of tobacco. Uh, I did deliver a gift of a vintage tin of tobacco, and uh, no problems getting through uh, TSA with it, so it made it fine. Uh, that night, we uh, decided that instead of going to the um, uh, instead of going to the dinner, we wouldn't subject our wives to it. So we went down to the strip, had dinner down there, wandered around. Uh, one of the benefits to the Palace Station is that my wife likes bingo, and they have bingo and penny slots all over the place. So guess what she did all day Saturday with Mary, except for the little bit of time that they came up to the show. <laughs> uh, Sunday comes, and Sunday normally at that show is a little bit of burst of activity in the morning. It's you know it, it's the uh, we had to turn our clocks back an hour, so we all got an extra hour of sleep. Uh, a little bit burst of activity, and then it seems to uh, quiet down around midday. Well, this time they had to make announcements at 3 o'clock for everybody to get out. Everybody get out. Everybody get out. All right? So I didn't get much of a chance to get around. I did get a chance to record enough on-the-spot interviews so that you'll hear a future show of uh, people talking about their pipes and what they brought and what they saw. Um, I will say that uh, if you follow me on Facebook or Instagram, you'll see the pipes that I ended up purchasing. I broke the golden rule, and I broke it twice. All right, I brought I bought two new pipes, one Ryan Alden, and I did an estate trade-in deal with smoking pipes for another Smeo Sato pipe. So you'll see the golden rule, plus I was gifted a pipe, which was really nice. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, rules are meant to be broken. Um 
thankfully, uh, Ernie Markle, Jeff Grasick, and uh, Alex Hasty sold the pipes that I really was eyeballing, so that was nice to see, and it looks like sales were brisk, and everybody had a good time. Again, that smoking room up on the second floor, well, it was open all day Saturday. Uh, Mike and I went into it Saturday night, and after our wives went up to the rooms and it was crowded and smoky and it was really wonderful. And then most of the day on Sunday, it was pretty crowded too. So anyway, uh, the rest of the trip, we did some, we did a few sightseeing things on Monday and Tuesday that we'd never done in Vegas, including going to the, uh, the neon museum and seeing some of the old Las Vegas neon signs that are, some are cleaned up, some are fixed up, some are lit up. Uh, we went at night so that, we could see the ones that were lit up on and for us uh, having lived in Vegas 20 something years ago that was a lot of fun because we saw some signs that we remember seeing up on buildings so if you're in Vegas uh, it's just north of downtown Las Vegas take the extra time go up there uh, not real pipe smoking friendly uh, but anyway I did get a chance to uh, we went up to the top of the stratosphere tower and in their smoking area sat there with a drink and smoked my pipe at uh, 900 plus feet above the Las Vegas Strip watching helicopters fly by underneath me uh, and then possibly the highlight of the trip was uh, <laughs> our own uh, Mike McNeil of McClellan fame became fascinated with this Willy Wonka uh, with this Willy Wonka slot machine and he got excited because the, uh, the the funniest line I'd heard from him was he hit Willy Wonka four times and got scrumdilicious which is apparently a bonus round so <laughs> things you'd never expect out of Mike McNeil's mouth Anyway, West Coast Pipe Show, uh, more coming up on future episode on a future episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show, but just a great time. If I were going to do this again, and again, Halloween was on Thursday, uh, you know, I would prefer to fly to Vegas on Thursday, so that way I had a whole Thursday night and Friday morning and afternoon to acclimate and then hang out with all the pipe guys Friday afternoon and evening and Saturday and Sunday. So that's the only thing I would do different. And if you're going next year, try to aim for Thursday. And uh, if you want to find out dates on any of the upcoming pipe shows, you can go to pipesmagazine.com and click on the pipe show link there. And uh, all those dates are in there and they're updated as quickly as possible. However, do make sure and check with the actual organization because sometimes they don't tell us exactly when the show is. All right, in just a minute, the Olivewood Piper. This is Internet Radio. A Savinelli pipe is a testament to a long legacy, fortified by well-worn hands and destined to be enjoyed for generations. For over 150 years, Savinelli has been dedicated to sourcing the world's finest briar, committed to pushing the boundaries of pipe design, and devoted to the tradition of Italian pipe making. Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. And like you, there can only be one Savinelli. There's nothing quite like fishing at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe. An American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and I'm calling down to the Orlando area, which is common for me because I talk to Walt Disney World travel people probably two or three times a week, um, or my son. But this time it's for a pipe maker that was uh, suggested to us, and I didn't know anything about you until I watched a couple of your YouTube videos, so... Uh, Welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show, uh, Olive Wood Piper, better known as Carl Petrozelli. Carl, welcome to the show. Thank you, Brian. I really appreciate it. All right, so let, let's get your uh, your superhero origin story. How old were you when you started smoking a pipe? I was uh, started in college. I was probably 18 or 19 years old. Um and, and smoked a pipe and actually went into cigars for quite a while. And then about 10 years ago, I had a, a medical issue that, that kind of scared me. So I stopped uh, smoking, unfortunately, got rid of all my pipes and uh, 
which was unfortunate. Uh, but then uh, I picked it up again about three years ago. So where were, where were you going to college? Um, I did my undergrad and graduate work at Hunter College in New York City. So wait a second, you're like um, you're you're smart because you got a master's degree or something, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. What's your? I don't know if I'm smart. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's your master's in? Uh, master's is in uh, English, and my undergrad is English and psychology. Oh, never so mind. <laughs> I, when I was in New York City, I taught high school for about four years. And uh, New York City had a, a, a budget crisis, and they actually laid off lots of city workers, uh, firemen, police, and teachers, and I was one of them. It's a, was that back in the 70s? Uh, yes, it was. Yeah. I taught from 72 to 76. Wow. And then uh, in 76, I actually went into banking um, in training, and from there— progressed through to marketing and operations actually spent about 28 years in banking yeah because that's exactly what somebody does with a master's degree in english right <laughs> yeah there's not a whole lot else to do with it. <laughs> all right so when you started smoking a pipe you were in college in new york city do you remember where you went to buy your pipe and what kind of pipe it was oh there was uh, so many pipe stores. It was Wally Frank. There was, um, oh, uh, actually, when I when I did my student teaching, I would uh, I would walk down the street in New York City, and there'd be three or four pipe stores. And I used to um, years ago, they actually had Charitin seconds that were reasonable in price. They were so they were great, and I bought quite a few of those. Um, and I really started with. Um, I actually started with a pipe made in Tanganyika. Yeah, like uh, Kiko's. With the, yeah, with the Meerschaum insert. That was my first pipe. Wow. And what kind of tobacco did you start out with? Oh, in those days, uh, we had the original Amphora. We had Troost. We had, um, uh, obviously, Edgeworth. Um, you had Carter Hall, Prince Albert. All the all the real uh, OTC blends that that we uh, had uh, sale was another yeah. big one. Um, so I smoked a lot of those types of tobaccos. And and did you? I mean, did pipe smoking just kind of take off for you? And and then what? How'd you get into cigars from that? Um, I think how I got into cigars was actually a friend of mine was into cigars and and. Uh, he introduced me to them. We started smoking, and, and uh, at that time, um, by that point, I was living in uh, Chicago. And uh, as terrible as it sounds, I used to smoke the cigars in my den. And <laughs> today, I'm not allowed anywhere near my inside of my house with a pipe or a cigar or anything. But um, I smoked quite a few cigars in those days. Uh so, yes, and luckily you live in Orlando where it's nice weather, well, at least tolerable weather most of the year to go outside and sit and smoke. Yeah, I I really have an advantage in that. Um, when I watch some of my fellow buddies on YouTube, and you know, right now a lot of them are freezing 30, 35 degree weather. Um, yeah, it is, it is a real advantage to be able to do that. I mean, we get... Oh, short periods, very short periods where we could get a freeze possibly for a day, uh, a morning. But uh, I think the lowest it's ever been here in 22 years I've been here is probably about 45 or 46. And that's unusual. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of fun to watch those YouTube guys that are sitting outside wearing a, a parka, a beanie, and they have a yeah. And they're out there huddling over their pipe, going, "Well, I got, it. I'm able to get outside for about a half hour, so here we go." Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but then again, it's also not 100% humidity. Right. Exactly. So this is a trade-off. Yeah. So when, when, and why the desire to start making pipes? Um, that was interesting. I uh, it was about. 
two years ago, actually, that I started making pipes. And I, I just did it as a, uh, just as something to tinker. You know, I like tinkering with wood and such. And then I thought, well, I wonder if I could make a pipe since I had always smoked pipes. Um, and I didn't have very sophisticated equipment at all. Not that I have it today, but, but at that point I had an electric drill with a rasp at the end of it. <laughs> and, uh, I would actually, uh, bore the, uh, uh, the stumble with, uh, with a hand drill and, and actually create the, um, create the, uh, smoke hole with a, with a hand drill as well. And so obviously it wasn't very exacting, but, um, I kind of got into it, and interestingly enough, I have a brother who lives in New York, and he and I started making pipes together. He doesn't smoke pipes; he can't. He was uh, he was with the fire department uh, back. He's been with the fire department there for thirty-seven years, and oh, wow. uh, through one of his nine-eleven screenings, which he goes for every six months, they found uh, um, a, a potential cancer in his bladder uh, so at that point he was he was told that he should not be using any tobacco products whatsoever however he kept making pipes and he's he's really good at it he made briar pipes um but then he got to the point where he said you know it's it's kind of it's kind of uh disheartening because i'm making these things and i can't even smoke them so he he just stopped doing that but uh, i continued um and and I added some equipment. Um, I added a drill press, uh, a lathe. Uh, so now uh, I'm a little bit more sophisticated in terms of, uh, of of making the pipes. And why the interest in olive wood? Um, I I really wanted to do something different. Uh, everybody makes briar pipes, yep. and uh, I started reading. And doing some research on um, on other types of woods that uh, that you could use to make pipes and and back during World War II and earlier during the wars briar was very difficult to um, to purchase so people started making uh, pipes out of uh, maple they would make it out of walnut um, anything really they could get their hands on yeah, we had um, the uh, we had the famous mountain laurel pipes coming out of North correct. Carolina because correct yeah, exactly and and the thing that you have to be careful of though is you could use wood that's actually poisonous <laughs> and there are quite a few woods out there that that are really not recommended for uh, pipe making but I came across olive wood and and why I like olive wood it it's almost got a mystical uh, attribute to it because it does come from uh, there's a Bethlehem olive wood and then there's a Roman olive wood. So uh, I really enjoyed the fact that it came from from that area, kind of in a spiritual sense. And uh, when I started making uh, the olive wood pipes, I was amazed at the beauty of the natural grain of the pipe. Um, and they smoke very well. I mean, they they smoke as good as uh as as uh, briar pipes i i think the first question that everybody will have when they when they step up to an olive wood pipe is is it is it going to taste different than what i'm used to with briar <laughs> right now you you don't taste any of the olive now it, it depends on someone's sensitivity i think i have heard people say oh i could i could taste a little of the olive but really when you're working the wood, that's where you can you can smell uh, the olive. Um, and olive wood is is kind of unique in that uh, if it's not it, normally you get it, and it's really not dried. So you got to be very careful with it because I've had very few. Actually, I have one pipe now that I smoke, but the the bowl cracked on it, and uh, which was very unusual. I had made many many olive wood pipes and never had a problem. Uh, but um, if it's not dried uh, properly, um, which means they, when you get it, it's encased in wax. 
Okay. Uh, and that's to prevent it from drying too quickly. So, so actually, when you when you're working the olive wood, it is a bit on on the damp side, but uh, it's normally not a problem. It normally dries nicely by the time the pipe is finished. That's a perfect spot for us to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk more with Carl about uh, olive wood and morta and other pipes. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Have a look in your tobacco cellar. What do you see? Think of what you smoke, what you age, what you're drawn to in a blend that keeps you wanting more. That's your taste. And whether you know it or not, you've been leading that expedition since you first picked up a pipe just by smoking what you like and liking what you smoke. But the funny thing about taste, it changes and you need a wide selection to accommodate it. We at Smoking Pipes know this and you know it too. So whether you're searching for a tried and true favorite or a singular boutique mixture, we're here to help you navigate the voyage of your evolving tastes. But you're still at the helm. Smoking pipes in faithful service of the hobby. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show visiting with the olive wood piper, Carl Petrozelli. Um, Carl, I'm guessing by your last name that you're not irish or swedish no no i'm polish <laughs> <laughs> no i'm 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 pretty full-blooded italian my my ancestors came from uh from naples and from uh from bari on the east side of italy and they and you kind of kept that full-bloodedness all the way through so no no uh no, no mixing around in new york city uh no no, not really. Uh, uh, my wife is uh, is not Italian. My wife is uh, let's see, English, German, and I guess a little Irish, which is probably a good thing. <laughs> see, so she can drink just about anything. That's correct. Yeah, and <laughs> she does. <laughs> uh, I, I just got to ask this, just to be a smart ass, but uh, anybody in your in your family named Tony? Um, uh, a second cousin. Okay, good. All right. (laughs) Do you, do you think your Italian heritage kind of leans towards your liking of olive wood? I think it's partially since it comes from that, that uh, region, but also Bethlehem, obviously is not in Italy, but, but the Roman olive wood, I, 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 and the Roman olive wood is actually less expensive than the Bethlehem. And I've, I've looked at both, and um, I didn't see quite a difference in them. So I'm wondering only because it comes from Bethlehem that they charge more. But uh, I'm not an expert on that, so I can't even comment on if that's the case. But um, but I, I've always had an artistic uh, uh, spot in me, I guess. You know, mm-hmm. um, when I was younger... Uh, I did some painting and I carved a chess set and, you know, is when I was in my early twenties. And then, uh, I, I like to tinker around the home. And so I'm, I'm pretty inventive, uh, when, when, uh, I need to do something, um, kind of like a MacGyver. Sometimes my wife looks at me and says, how did you figure that out? And half the time, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I just do. But, um, I think it was the artistic side of me that got me into the pipe making. Uh, and I had watched some videos of, of people making pipes. I mean, that's how I really got started. I looked at some some real artisans and how they make them, and I was in awe with, uh, with how easily they did it. But um, it is not an easy process, <laughs> and it has to be an exact process because if, if something goes wrong, um, you just have to toss the material. I mean, it's not something that you can do over in most cases. So with, with olive wood as opposed to briar, the grain kind of is a little more, um, a little softer graining, I think. Or And, you, and sometimes you, you don't get those real tight-looking briar straight grains, do you? No, you get, you get kind of a, 
and I'm looking at one of my pipes now here, and I can give you an idea. You you kind of get you'll get a swirl, like a 360 kind of grain that goes around the pipe, um, and uh, it's a lot different. Whereas your briar typically is is vertical, but but this is a kind of a a, a, a 360 uh, grain around the pipe, um, and olive wood. Believe it or not, olive wood has a very hard rating in terms of wood. Um, it's rated up there uh, with some of the hardest woods. Um, so it's, it's, it's not a soft wood by any means. Yeah, well, and it doesn't grow in lush, heavy rainforest either. It grows in some pretty, pretty nasty areas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, they do, when they do um, um, source the olive wood it normally comes from a olive tree that is no longer producing uh -oh. so <laughs> they will take that and, and take that tree and then uh cut the lumber and 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 make the olive wood and olive wood's used for lots of different things it's, it's kind of like the old cow no more milk well here you go yep uh do you is it just a branch or the trunk or is it a is it an, it's, uh, it's usually um, uh, the trunk. Okay. And then they mill it, you know, and and, uh, and and again, when they do that, it's very, very wet. And I think that's why they, they dip it in wax uh, and they cut it in various, um, various sizes. Uh, the sizes that I get are normally two inch um, pieces, two by two. So you actually get them in a, in a perfect little square and then. Correct work away all the extra to find the pipe inside right right and i'll cut i'll cut a piece off depending on how large the pipe needs to be how long the shank needs to be um and then i will cut that and then uh, i'll have to scrape the wax off make sure i get all the wax um off of of the of the wood and then uh, and then just start working on it now with you being in central florida and having to dry it out sometimes how do you do that? I I have never uh, purposely uh, did anything to dry it. Um, what I normally do is when I purchase the wood, I stack it, you know, in on a shelf, and it sits there. And again, it's covered in wax. So when when you do take the wax off, it's still got got a bit of moisture, um, very little in the wood. And for some reason, the wood just seems to to dry out naturally. And it was interesting because I got a uh, an email one time from a gentleman, and I can't remember what country he was from, but he said he can't seem to get his olive wood uh, to stop cracking. And he was trying to make olive wood pipes, and I suspect that he was he was using fresh olive wood, you know. And I think what was happening is it was drying very quickly and cracking on him because he didn't have that that wax preservative on the outside. Um, and I, I told him I haven't had that issue, but, uh, again, I don't know. I don't remember the country that he resided in, but, um, but I knew he had, he had some issues and he just couldn't seem to keep, keep it from cracking for the most part. I haven't had that problem. Yeah. That, that, that's it. Yeah. It, it is interesting how, depending on where you live, depends on how you handle the material and the materials different too. Right. Right. And, you know, we don't I don't get freezes here or anything like that. So that might be part of it as well. The humidity might also help. I, I'm, I really don't I'm not sure about that. That's a good point. So when you're when you're looking at this block, do you uh, do you kind of try to read the I'm you know, all I've I've talked to hundreds of briar pipe makers but do you try to read the the grains and figure out where the pipe is that's a, that's a great question because i have been surprised by some of the grain that has actually come out on a pipe that i was working on that didn't exhibit that grain when i started <laughs> so as you start to carve the pipe you, you start to see grain that you never expected and and sometimes it's magnificent i mean most of the time it's attractive but i've had some that were just absolutely unbelievable and and you really don't know it until you start carving away and uh and and 
and I guess you get into the inner part of the wood and it has a different grain, which is very strange. The grain almost, the grain on the outside might be very thin and as you begin carving the pipe, it widens. So you can end up with a, with a real nice wide grain uh, as opposed to what you thought was going to be just a, eh, you know, it looks okay, I guess. But, um, but I've never been disappointed with any of the grain that I've ever seen in olive wood. It's, it's just unique. Every piece is unique. There's not any piece that's like another. The, the grain is very unique. If you want to do a Canadian or something different, do you have to order larger pieces? Um, I, I would, I, my pieces come fairly large, so uh, I would cut it for a Canadian. You know, a Canadian figure the between the stumble and the shank, you're looking at about four and a half inches, and then probably um, the stem, an, another uh, two inches, so you're looking at probably a six and a half inch pipe. Um, what, what becomes a challenge is when you have a, a four and a half inch piece of wood, now you have to have the tool bits to be able to drill the smoke hole long enough to do that. Yeah. So it may require that, you know, you re need different tooling in order to, to do those. Do you run into the same issues as, as with Briar, where you may cut into a block and then find that there's an issue in there? Or is olive wood a little more consistent? Yeah, um, another great question. Um, that's another reason why I don't use Briar. Um, I've, I've used Briar in the past. I've made Briar pipes, and I've also had some very bad briar that just went in the trash yeah. and when you're spending 25 30 dollars for a block of briar and you, and you and you're working it you find this huge pit in it um it's really disconcerting so that's another reason why i drifted away from the briar um to answer your question with olive wood um as i said that one i think i've only had one occasion when i looked at at the wood and it looked a little suspect in terms that there was a slight crack and the question was it does a crack go all the way through well it did um and so what i did is i made that pipe for myself and the weird thing is it smokes great <laughs> <laughs> it, it hasn't broken through um and there's there's a pronounced crack i mean you could see it on the interior as well as the exterior of the bowl but but um it works fine and it's held together. So it's more of an experiment at this point. I want to see how long it's going to last. And I, I try to get it as hot as I possibly can to see if I can uh, explode the pipe. But uh, so far, <laughs> it's, it's hung in there. <laughs> and then you also you also work with Mordo, which is just a, another completely different material when you're oh, making a pipe. Yeah, it is. Mordo, uh, Mordo, how can I say this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mortar is a, is a uh, another very uh, mortar is a mystical kind of wood. Um, it's it's supposed to have mystical properties um, where people that have mortar it's supposed to uh, help them in their health and you know there, there's a lot of belief that it's got some kind of uh, healing property to it and I don't know how true that is but you know mortar is typically three to five thousand years old. Yeah. Uh, it resides, you know, in the bogs and mostly in the Ukraine and, and, and in that area of the world. And they, they pull this out of these bogs, clean it up. And the problem with the mortar is um, usable wood from it is, is, uh, is, is rare. When they start to actually mill these logs, um, what they get out of it is minimal and that's why mortar tends to be a lot more expensive and i get my mortar from the ukraine um and it's gotten more expensive from when i first started um and i so i have to factor that in when people ask for mortar pipe the second thing about mortar it's a nightmare to work with it's a very very hard wood yeah and it's, <laughs> it's a filthy it, wood it's on the so, verge of petrification so correct Correct. And so, you know, your tools, um, you, you go to two extremes. I mean, you, you have to make sure you have sharp tools, but at the same time, I have, I have turned mortar where I've seen chips fly off and just snap <laughs> off. So it, it's, it's an unstable kind of wood. Um, 
And actually, I was talking with another pipe maker about it. He was saying the same thing and how how it's so unpredictable. Um, but uh, it's it's tough to turn uh, and drill, um, and um, it's very filthy. I mean, bottom line, it, it's like when you work with mortar, you feel like you're a chimney sweep. Uh, literally, <laughs> usually my arms are just full of that black dust, and you have to wear a respirator to keep that dust out of your lungs because you can be sneezing and choking for, for the next three days afterwards. Um, but um, it, it's most mortar pipes are sandblasted after they're made, which tends to bring out the grain in the mortar. Right. I don't have sandblasting equipment, and, and I really don't intend to get sandblasting equipment because that, that's another uh, another potential irritant for your lungs. So I really don't want to get into that right now. But uh, And also there's there's no room for another piece of equipment. But when, when mortar is sandblasted, it actually brings the grain of the wood out, and it looks beautiful. And what I do with mine, I actually buff them um uh with tripoli and then and then use carnuba on them and, and they and i bring them to a shine you could still see the grain but the grain doesn't pop as it would if it were uh sandblasted and doesn't mortar tend mortar pipes tend to be smaller because of the cost and the the cost of the piece of wood um normally the blocks that i purchase are about two by two by by three three and a half so i could purchase it in blocks that size and so i could make you know a two inch a two inch bowl pipe you know by two inches or maybe even higher uh, sometimes you'll get a cut that's a little bit bigger than two inches and so you can make a little taller um poker um but um i i have made quite a few mortar pipes and i made one for a gentleman uh, it was a nice poker, came out beautifully. I shipped it to him. He smoked it once, and the bowl cracked. Uh-oh. And he sent me uh, a note, and he said, he said, well, he said, I smoked it. The bowl cracked. He said, I guess, I guess mortar is not for me. And I sent him a note. I said, no, 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 that's not right. I said, um, I need to replace that. And he, 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 no, no, no. I said, no. I said, I'm going to replace it. I said, it's rare that that has ever happened. However, again, speaking to another pipe maker who uses mortar quite a bit, he mentioned the same thing. And he showed a pipe in his inter in his YouTube video that actually split apart. The Ooh. bowl actually just cracked in half like an egg. <laughs> so I didn't feel so, so bad about that because I felt, well, it happened to him as well. Um, and, uh, so it, 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 the integrity of the wood, uh, is, is always questionable. You just never know. Yeah. Um, I've been lucky so far, but, but you could have pockets in there, uh, you know, an air pocket in the wood that would, once that the pipe gets hot, it could just break it. And so. You, you never know what Mother Earth has or what Mother Nature has got laying underneath no, the, the surface, exactly, do you? Exactly. You know, it's a product of nature, and, and, and it's suspect to to have anything happen to it. <laughs> uh, where do your pipes start out at price-wise? Um, one of the things I've tried to do is, is to create pipes with a, a, a blue-collar price. And I don't mean that in a negative sense, but I think artisan pipes are, are wonderful. And, and I see some extraordinary works that people do, but they're incredibly expensive. And so what I did was I said, I want to make a unique pipe, which is going to be olive wood. And I want to make a pipe that people can afford. Um, so right now, an olive wood um, is about $65. Wow. And... Um, the mortar, uh, I had to raise my price a little bit on the mortar because uh, of my recent purchase of, of the product. It's gotten more expensive. So now my mortars are about 80 bucks. And are you doing hand-cut stems with all these? Yes, I do. All right, so you're crazy, so, but we'll, we, we understand that anyway. Uh, yeah, I'll make my, I make my stems out of acrylic. 
Yep. And uh, I'll normally ask the person, do you want a saddle stem? Do you want a smooth stem? Do you want a bent, you know, uh, straight? Um, I, I normally can accommodate them. Where can we go to see some of your pipes besides your olive wood piper YouTube Facebook page or uh, YouTube YouTube Facebook? I, I like that YouTube I page. Have, uh, I don't have a website, um, but uh, occasionally I will put them on Instagram. So um, if I have pipes available, I'll take some photos and usually put them on Instagram and tell people uh, these are available. If you're interested, just uh, just email me. Or just reach out to Carl and tell him what you want. Again, it's Olive Wood Piper. Carl, we'll wrap this up with the Fast Five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? Okay. What is your favorite pipe? Oh, boy, that's a good one. Um, I would have to say I've got a Molina that's... Uh, it's a large calabash, and it just smokes so well. Um, and that's that's one of my favorite. And I have uh, an olive wood that I've made, um, which is also a favorite. And then I have a mortar that I made for myself, which was an hourglass poker um, that I enjoy. <laughs> what is your favorite tobacco? Um, I like Virginia's. Uh, recently, uh, I've I've experimented with blending a little um, toasted burley with some Latakia and some Perique, and which is a very mild English. I, I don't tend to like the heavy uh, Latakia Englishes. Uh, I don't mind the Latakia, but I, I really don't like the heavy English. I like the Virginia. Every once in a while, a light aromatic, like an aromatic English is really nice. Um, yeah, and with the uh, with a little bit of English in the blend, it'll knock some of the bugs out of the air in Florida. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that yeah, and we have to cons reserve the Englishes for the for the cooler weather. Yeah, uh, what is your favorite drink? Um, I really enjoy bourbon. Uh, when I'm smoking a pipe, I usually have a bourbon, um, and. Uh, I enjoy uh, Basil Hayden bourbon, which is which is really good. Uh, I like uh, Jack Daniels, but bourbon is pretty much my preferred. When it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? It's music. When I sit outside and smoke my pipe, I usually have some jazz playing, and I uh, got my drink, got my pipe. Couldn't ask for anything more. And finally, do you have a favorite pipe smoking related memory that we haven't touched on yet? Um, I guess it would have to be uh, when I was gifted that pipe when I went off to the service um, and took it with me to basic training and, and my AIT. Um, that pipe was a good friend, particularly when I had miserable days and wished I was the hell out of there. But um, um at, at that that I can remember fondly. Yeah, sounds like a good pipe. Carl, thank you very much for coming on again. If you want to find him, reach out to him, Olive Wood Piper on uh, YouTube. And is it Olive Wood Piper on Instagram? Um, yes, it is. And my email is olivewoodpiper at gmail.com. That's easy. You're all You're all the same thing everywhere. Yes, I tried to do that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Carl, thanks again. Brian, thanks for, thanks for your invite. I really appreciate it. And we'll be back in just a minute. Being at the forefront of craft tobacco production for over 20 years, we've been involved in some rather interesting projects at Cornell & Deal. From the Cellar Series to the Small Batch Project, we're extremely proud of how far we've come. So moving forward, we wanted to take it back to basics, and that's what the Burley Flake series is all about. Burley is an underrated varietal, but there is a ton of nuance there. Using various condimental tobaccos to accentuate different aspects of the air-cured leaf, each blend in this series is intended to showcase different individual subtleties inherent to Burley. It's a simple concept, 
one that I think really speaks to the essence of what we do at C&D as a crew of folks who just love tobacco. It's also really good. Cornell and Deal's Burley Flakes series, wherever fine tobaccos are sold. This is Internet Radio. And we are back. Check out everything Carl's doing. Uh, Carl is nice enough to send me a pipe, and I've uh, smoked it twice. I'm I'm thinking if you all are interested, I may do a full blown review on just the uh, the difference of olive wood and see if I can you know see if I can really detect it. Anyway, check out everything he's doing. All right, for music. So uh, holding off on the holiday stuff for now, but I found some Albert King pipe smoker blues man doing some king of rock and roll elvis pipe smoker and uh this one's just kind of fun and it's again it's albert king doing elvis That's all right, that's all right, 
the album is called Blues for Elvis. King does the king's things, and that one's, that's all right. Message from the dark side there is. And remember, if you have comments or questions, email me, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at PipesMagazine.com, or you can post them on the Pipes Magazine radio show page, and we've got a lot to get through. Uh, that's on uh, PipesMagazine.com. Got a lot of stuff to get through here in the mailbag. So going back uh, two weeks ago with uh, Martin Roman and... Uh, Dino says that was quite an interesting conversation with Martin and his pipes are quite nicely done with respect to his backstory. I'm reminded by something Mr. Garcia said, what a long, strange trip it's been. (laughs) Yeah. I think he's talking about Jerry Garcia. Um, and then he says, thanks for sharing one of my favorite Halloween songs with the listeners. Uh, as we Greeks say at birthday commemorations, nata katostisis. Or may you have 100 years. Thanks. Hope the tobacco holds out too, Dino. Yeah, hopefully. We'll see. Uh, Casey Ghost says, very interesting interview with Martin. Back in October 2013 in the Casey newsletter, I reprinted an article from Arno's blog, The Dutch Pipe Smoker, which had an extensive review of Martin's work before he began carving pipes. Very interesting. The song by Karloff and Lugosi was interesting, providing we don't ever hear them again. (laughs) I can't argue with you. Uh, And then uh, Arno, the Dutch pipe smoker, says, Martin already had a talent, a gift for creating beautiful lines and shapes out of stone. Now he does the same with pipes. What he makes is truly unique. And then finally, none nicer, who is also known as Jeff, says, uh, thanks, Brian, first of all, for the shout-out about our little meeting in Amsterdam. I hope your wife was not bored by my stories. Uh, in, short, in short, my work distracted me from listening to podcasts. My apologies for the delay. I felt that I had to sign up and comment now because Martin was humble as always. Uh, he is a great guy. He did not mention one favorite memory content-wise as he could have done. Martin arranges for a meeting for the Dutch-speaking Pipe Smokers Forum every year in in the fall. This year we celebrated the 11th get-together in a microbrewery that will tolerate our hobby. One treat is the barbecue. Uh, The other is a specially brewed beer only for the group of pipe smokers. Arno designs the labels for the beer. Last year, Martin arranged for a specially blended tobacco by one of the German tobacco houses uh, named X for the 10th anniversary, and uh, there's some pictures. Uh, To commemorate our meetings, Arno made a video about this year's meeting over here. Formally here, I'd like to thank uh, Martin for all his efforts in keeping the hobby as vibrant as he has done so far. And thank you, Sir Doctor of Pipes, for a lot of entertainment, pipe wisdom, pipe foolery, and all your efforts towards the hobby and the industry. (laughs) Well, you're welcome, Jeff. Uh, And then going forward to uh, last week's show with uh, Catching Up with Dan Locklear, Renfield wrote, Another excellent show, educational and entertaining. The tea discussion was especially interesting. A lot of tasty-sounding recommendations. Life is meant to be enjoyed, and fine tobaccos or teas are simple pleasures that can provide that enjoyment, as well as a refugee and respite from an otherwise hectic day. Thanks again to Brian and the others behind the mic for all the hard work. Uh, you, you show how good this medium can be. Much appreciated, Renfield Rob Petrie. <laughs> and every time I think of Mary Tyler Moore. <laughs> And then uh, Frozen Oak said, uh, the tea discussion, in regards to the tea discussion, he said, I know, right? All I could think was great. Just what I need, another hobby to sink my dwindling supply of time and money into. But it sounds intriguing. Great episode. Uh, The tea is intriguing. And then I told you there's a lot to get caught up on here. Uh, and then finally, Dino, sa- or Dino says, thanks for an informative and entertaining program. Your interchange with Jeff was quite enlightening, and the wide-ranging conversation with Dan was terrific. While I jo- enjoyed the Ray LaMontagne tune, I was hoping for a Locklear composition as a follow-up to the conversation. Your rant was spot on, Dino. Thank you. And Casey Ghost says, this was a highly enjoyable show despite my misgivings. I've never cared for his music because my poor musical ear just hears a lot uh, a lot of racket. 
I just can't handle modern music, be it opera or symphony or rock or country or bluegrass. In opera, I love the classics, and symphonies are the same. As soon as a music form turns into progressive, I turn into a Neanderthal. Well, and that's part of the beauty of having all this music to choose from. All right, uh, and then real quick, I got a, a I got an email suggestion from a listener about doing a group trip to the pipe factories of, uh, you know, a, a pipe related trip to Europe. And his, uh, you know, his comment was about me arranging a group trip. Well, here's the problem. In order to get the real group benefits, you need about 30, you need really about 30 people. So you're talking about 15 rooms shared, uh, and you really need them to all start off in the same location. Otherwise, it's a, a little bit of a coordination, you know, coordination problem. Um, if you guys are interested in getting a group together and going to Ireland, Denmark, and uh, Ireland, Denmark, and uh, in Italy and doing some tours or maybe uh, France, you know what? Let me know. If you guys can get the group together, I can get you the rates and put a package together. I will tell you that going to Europe as a group is not cheap. Um, it, it's just not cheap. There's motor coach transportation. There's uh, all kinds of uh, requirements as far as getting a hotel that's big enough to host the group and doing all that. But if you're interested, email me brian.levine at mei-travel.com. Maybe as a pipe club, you guys can go. If you want some suggestions of where to go personally and how to maybe get a visit in, just email me and ask me. I'll help you out. Don't need to book anything for you. I'm just happy to help you. All right. Rant time coming up next. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. ago when I ranted about all those companies that wanted you to have your little their little club card. Remember all those little club cards that you used to have on your keychain back when yeah, remember when you used to have keys on your keychain? Well, now that we don't have keys on our keychains anymore, we don't have club cards on our keychain anymore. Guess what we've got? We have a rash of companies that now want you to download their app and then you can get bonuses and freebies by downloading their app and letting you know when they're, you know, when you're there. Uh, you got to upload, uh, you know, we've got a couple here that we use at local restaurants and stuff and you got to scan your receipt and then you get it uploaded. I'll tell you what, you all have computers. Why don't you put my damn name and phone number in or something like that? And you keep track of it yourself. Instead, I'm jamming up my phone that I bought with your app so that you can track me as your salesperson, you know, as your customer, and then give me a freebie. Well, I'm going to need a whole new second phone just for all these damn apps that they want you to have. And then you can't remember who it is. And then if the app jams up, then you're stuck there. And of course, you, now you've got us printing out receipts too. Well, if you don't want a receipt, well, then you're not a member of the club. So I've just said, uh, you know what, again, it's back to the stupid cards. If you don't sign up, you don't get the best deals. If you're not a member and you don't have the app, then you don't get the best deals. Well, if you don't want to give me the best deals, I don't want to go shopping there anymore. All right, just give me the best deals that are available. Remember the old days when the sale flyers would come out on Thursday and everybody got that price, whether or not you had the flyer or not? Well, now you have to have an app for that, even for the grocery stores. We got a couple of those jamming up my phone full of apps to the point where I can't find anything and crashing the phone. So there you go. Again, a modern version of the key, uh, the key fob rant. 
Anyway, uh, again, comments or questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. Travel-related stuff, brian.levine at mei-travel.com. Suggestions for the show, fire away. All right, we've got a whole bunch of people lined up to be on the show for the next couple of weeks and then off into the new year. And uh, we got holiday music coming up, so if you want to hear any specific holiday music, just let me know. I want to thank Carl for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in. And until next time. the clouds when we're together just sing a song and think about sunny sign that says peep show that doesn't mean that they're letting you look at presents before Christmas <laughs>